Can this friendship between Issa and Condola really last? Is Molly being just a little bit too pushy? And how do you talk to a friend about an issue when they don't even realize that there is an issue? Woo, Chile. Oh my goodness. We will talk about that and much more on this episode of He Got Y'all. Let's get it. beautiful people welcome back to another episode of he got y'all we're gonna jump right into it sunday night it went down on hbo as always 10 p.m check your local listings set your dvrs get into it all right but we got season four episode two of insecure overall rating for the episode i'm gonna give it an 8.5 um what i liked about this episode was that you can tell it was very uh like a developmental episode like it we didn't get into too much this episode but I can see that they're laying the bricks for things that are coming up. So uh, let's discuss the big three for me. So what I took away from this episode, my main three was, can this friendship between Issa and Condola really last? Now, I'm just going to uh, hit it right on the head and say, no, this friendship will not last. (laughs) And here's why. I think the thing with Issa and Condola is that they are very much alike, which I think is the first time we've seen any character on this show be so similar to Issa. Like, you know, obviously her and Molly are really good friends. You know, we we see these uh, relationships with Issa and the other girls on the show. But I feel like there's something about Condola that is very similar to Issa. Like, they both have, like, this, like, quirky kind of spirit. They're both very, like, chill. They're both very grown and very mature, which I'll get back to in a minute. But they just seem like real good kindred spirits. Like, I feel like even without the mess of Lawrence and stuff, I feel like I could see these two being friends. But in any event, let's uh, go a little bit deeper into it. So as we saw on the episode, Issa and Condola, I like to call her Bundola for uh, my forever love, Thug Yoda. Shout out to Tristan J. Winger. So we see Issa and Condola on location for where Issa's planning to have a block party. So she's talking about like what's going to be where and they're walking through the street and they're really having this, you know, they're still there. They're about this bag. They're getting their money. Issa is really trying to make the block party happen. And as we see from the preview, it happens. Now, we know everything that happens in Issa's life is not always as it seems on the surface. So just because this block party happens doesn't mean it's going to go off, um, you know, amazingly. But we at least know that it's going to happen. So that is exciting uh, to know. But within this whole thing between Issa and Condola talking about, you know, what's going to be going on at the block party, Condola brings up to Issa, I think Issa asked her like maybe like to hang this weekend or something, but pretty much Condola said that she was, you know, going off on a trip and Issa's like, oh, cute for work or for play. And Condola's like for play. And immediately we all knew, oh, she's going on a trip with Lawrence, which, okay, okay, kind of new in a relationship to be taking trips, but some of y'all be out here with people that y'all met, you know, two weeks ago and be, you know, in the Bahamas together. So that's none of my business. So somehow in that, you know, they kind of made a, an agreement with each other that Lawrence coming up will no longer be weird, which again, I feel like this is always going to be weird because you're dating, I'm speaking from Issa's perspective, you're dating someone that I was in a relationship with for five years. It was not just like five, like off and on years. Like these were like five consecutive years for these two. So with them bringing up Lawrence, you know, Issa makes some little joke about Lawrence is the only person that likes mayo on french fries, which skirt! Let's pause this right here. Mayo on french fries is not that bad. Like, I saw it getting a lot of heat last night on Twitter, and I was like, y'all, have y'all even tried it? But there's, like, a big thing between people and mayo, 
specifically black people, like for some reason we've gotten to the point where black people think only white people eat mayonnaise, which I'm so confused about. But whatever. If you want a good time, dip a French fry in some mayo, especially like a spicy mayo. That's a good time. But nevertheless, um, Issa makes this joke about Lawrence liking mayonnaise on his French fries. And in that exact moment, that's when I said, okay, this will never be able to work out because there is too much history between them. Like, like I said, it's five years of a very deep relationship. And it's also five years where the point, the point they're at within their lives. Like, I'm not exactly sure of where we're at in the timeline of the show right now and like age wise, but I know the first episode was Issa's 29th birthday, like, you know, season one, episode one. So given the, the time frame of the show, I feel like it's only been two or three years, if that long. So Issa's what, like 32 now, which means they have been dating since Issa was like in her mid 20s. Now, for me, that adds a little bit more weight to it because I feel like that like 23-ish to 29-ish age is a lot of room for growth. Like you go through so much growth in your life and just those like mid to late 20s. So I feel like Lawrence and Issa really, really grew up together. Like, you know, if, if let's say if Issa was like 49 or something, like it might be a different relationship. But I feel like with them being together from such a young age, automatically it's just like they grew up together. Like it's just weird. It's very weird for me. It's that it was five years. And it's also so, so recent. Like Issa and Lawrence did not break up five years ago. Like this is like a freshly wound or freshly healed wound. So I don't think this is going to work at all. I think East is way too deep. It's going to go from talking about what Lawrence likes on French fries to what Lawrence likes in the bed. And like, it's just going to become too much too fast. I just, I'm all about the sisterhood. Shout out to the Lawrence Hive and I'm all about the sisterhood. I feel like Condola should just break up with Lawrence. You know, there's plenty of the fish in the sea. Like this is not worth this one person, but I don't know. New friend, new man. How do you choose? How do you choose between the two? I'm not really sure. What I do know, though, is that, and again, I get it's a show, so this kind of has to happen for the sake of the storyline, but what has to stop happening is them conversing to each other about each other. So after this whole scene with Issa and Condola on the street, we see Condola and Lawrence at like lunch together. And of course, Lawrence is talking about looking for the toy because they never go out looking for little black girls on these TV shows. So um, looking for the toy is still going real strong in episode two. While at the restaurant, Lawrence asks for mayo for his French fries and Condola laughs about it. And, you know, she brings up that Issa um, and her were discussing this thing. And just, first of all, round of applause two points to Jay Ellis for the acting chops because this line was delivered so effortlessly after she brings up the mayo thing. He's like, so, so, so like, what else, what else y'all be talking about? <laughs> like the delivery of it was just so spot on because it was so like when you kind of want to know more information about something, but you don't want to be too thirsty about it. So you're trying to play it cool, but Lawrence doesn't really know cool like that. Very much like Issa, which is why they got along very well together. So then we go from the scene with Lawrence and Condola at the restaurant and we do an immediate jump cut to Lawrence's apartment, which shout out to the director for this episode. Uh, her name is uh, Thembi Banks. I don't know if this was writing. I don't know if this was directing. Maybe it was a combination of the both. But when um, Condola asks Lawrence, are you okay? And Lawrence responds, fuck no, I'm not okay. So I'm looking down, talking to y'all on Twitter. 
did not even realize that we had like changed locations. Yo, the way my neck snapped up, I was like, he is not talking to this girl like this. And lo and behold, he was not. He was actually at the apartment. But that transition, like round of applause to the team for that because that was a really dope transition. Was not expecting that. We see Lawrence in his apartment. It's Lawrence, it's Derek, and it's my nigga Chad. Oh, finally, we have seen Chad. Chad is still in the friend circle. Chad is still doing the Chad things. And I'm here for it. Like, I love Chad so much. So... He's at his apartment and he's pretty much, again, unpacking this whole thing about, you know, them being cool with each other. And, and Chad is telling Lawrence they're going to make a podcast about your dick and just all this different stuff. Just everything we need from Chad. What I did particularly like about this scene was that rarely ever, at least not that I've experienced, do we get to see three 30-year-old black millennial men talking on TV, which I appreciate it. Like... I feel, especially in, in modern day TV, like I'm trying to really think my hardest. I can't think of any show where we really get to see like three men in a room really chopping it up together without the influence or without the presence of another woman, which I like that they're doing on this show. Even if you go back to old episodes of Martin, you can find scenes where like, you know, Tommy, Cole and Martin. But something about this just feels different. Maybe because it's more modern, it's more uh, refreshed. But I feel like we have not seen this in a long time in like, you know, TV, uh writing so shout out to the writers for that what i also appreciate is that they really let the respective um genders on the show um kind of live within their own world sometimes like i like that there are certain scenes for example we'll get back to this a little bit later but the scene um the halloween clip where they're in tiffany's house and i like that it was just the four girls on the couch talking with Derek, Tiffany's husband, being upstairs or being someplace else, not being involved in whatever they're talking about, which I like because I feel like, and again, I have a friend that's married. And sometimes when I go to this friend's house, her husband is all up in the mix, all up in the conversations, like chopping it up. And then sometimes he's not. And it's just girl talk. Like, like I, I like that they don't force these interactions, kind of. Like, I like that if we're at Tiffany's house, we don't have to be at Tiffany and Derek's house. Like, we can just be with Tiffany and the girls. So, I like that the, the the writers kind of, you know, give us that space for these specific, you know, female-driven scenes, male-driven scenes. But that scene was also supposed to be shot in a gym, according to um, the director, Thembi Banks, and then also the writer of the episode, Amy Aniobi. It was supposed to be shot, shot in a gym. And somehow the gym fell through, so it ended up being at Lawrence's apartment. But I actually enjoyed it being at his apartment more than I think I would have enjoyed it being at the gym. Like, something about that conversation felt too... too heavy for the gym. Like, too important. But then again, that's usually how niggas do. Like, always discussing things in the wrong place, in the wrong time. So, I could see it being in the gym, but I actually like that it happened in their apartment. It was in, in Lawrence's apartment. It was like a very chill you know, hanging with the bros type of vibe. So I appreciated that. And I also have to give some flowers to Chad. That timing and that scene with uh, Chad Lawrence and Derek, just the flow of it was just like, that pacing was so good. Like, so good. Like, I had to watch, I, I watched episodes twice anyway. Like, once to talk to y'all on Twitter, then the other time to really take notes and like, you know, break down what I'm going to talk about on here. But the timing of that episode or that scenes in particular was just so, so good. Like, I, I can't get enough of it. So shout out to Chad. So with the scene with Lawrence and the other guys, he is trying to get advice on, like, what he should do. Does he, like, tell Issa, like, keep my name out your fucking mouth? Like, he's trying to figure out how to go about this to, like, kind of diffuse the situation. So Lawrence has the bright idea to, I guess, call or text. I don't know how him and Issa got into communication, but he decides to pull up in front of old girl's house. Now... 
I was a little nervous about this because we have not seen Lawrence and Issa together since last year at, I think, Tiffany's baby shower. Either the baby shower or the movie, that movie in the park episode. One of the two. But it's been some time since these two have seen each other. So I'm not going to hold you. I was a little nervous about this. I was like, all right, I don't know where this is about to go. This could be really, really good or really, really bad because Lawrence was talking hella spicy when he was with the guys in the apartment. But isn't that what niggas do? Just talk hella spicy when nobody else is around. And then once people are around, everybody's real cool, calm, and collective. But that's neither here nor there. But I do think after seeing the whole scene play out, Lawrence and Issa have grown a lot. This episode, or this scene particular, was so mature. Like, something we would not have seen from Lawrence and Issa in season one or season two. Maybe season three a little bit, but definitely not those first two seasons. So I like that they're at a point now where they can not necessarily be besties because clearly their relationship is not that strong. Like they're not kicking it on, you know, Saturdays and going to the matinee. But I do like that they are at least at a place where they can be cordial with each other. And if they have to be in the same room, they can, as we saw at the baby shower. So I really did like this for them. Also loved that. And I feel like we had heard this before. But the fact that Lawrence's middle name is Lawrence and his actual name is Martin Lawrence Walker, like the blackness within this show, like everything is just so on another level. Like, why the fuck is this man's name Martin Lawrence Walker? Because insecure. Like, according to uh, Prentice Penny, the showrunner, uh, Issa Rae came up with that idea. According to uh, Natasha Rothwell on Twitter, she came up with that idea. I don't know who really is, like, in charge of that genius, but it's hilarious. Like, I love it so, so much. Lastly, but not least, for this Issa Condola friendship mess, I do have to say that I think hiding it is going to bite them in the ass. When Lawrence uh, got the call from Issa, and Issa asked him, like, you know, should we, should I tell Condola that we met up, or, like, you know, did this just not happen? And Lawrence is pretty much like, oh, like, you know, whatever, like, just don't tell her it happened. I think this is going to backfire tremendously, because I feel like as the relationship between Lawrence and Condola gets stronger, somehow this is going to come up, and I think Condola's going to think that that was more than what it was. Because it's not that, it's not like they just spoke. Like, if he just said, oh, I spoke to Issa, blah, blah, blah. That would be one thing. But the fact that they met up, I feel like there's so much more room for uh, your mind to wonder about what happened. So I have a feeling this is going to come up at a later date, and I feel like it is not going to turn out well. Now, will Condola spaz on Issa, or will she spaz on Lawrence? That I'm not sure of. But I do feel like somehow someone is going to get the short end of the stick here. And I feel like it might be Issa. I don't know why, but I just feel like Issa will be the reason why this... Issa will get the backlash of Lawrence not telling Condola what happened. So that's where we're at on that. Issa and Condola friendship. Don't see it working, but if you do, let me know what you think. Hit me up on Twitter at HeGotYall. Leave a comment. Let me know what you think. I would love to hear your opinions. But this is about to be some mess, all right? So in addition to Condola and Issa and all of their mess, we still have Molly and Issa and all of their mess and Molly and Andrew and all of their mess. So is Molly being too pushy? Now, what I love that the writers are doing this season, at least is what it feels like, is that uh, I feel like Molly has a double plot. Like everything that happens 
to I think it's very interesting how the relationships are running parallel to each other. So I feel like whatever Molly and Issa are going through, Molly and Andrew are also going through at the same time. Like even last week, like is Molly doing too much? Like was Molly doing too much with the friendship of Condola and Issa? And was Molly doing too much in wanting more from Andrew before it was time for all of that? I feel like the same thing is happening in this episode. Molly's being pushy. Molly's being pushy with the the relationship between Condola and Issa. And she's also being very pushy with Andrew. Now, so let's break all of this down. So we're at Tiffany's house. It's Halloween. Shout out to the costume director, Shiona Torini. Those costumes were just great costumes like Kelly's Babs costume, uh, Tiffany's Cleopatra. Love that Molly was a clover. I was like, yes, go clovers. Like, go clovers. <laughs> but anyway, so we're at Tiffany's house. It's Halloween. I don't know if you all caught this, but the pictures from the baby shower of uh, Tiffany as the different pregnant celebrities. I think she was like Beyonce, Cardi B, and like two other people. Um, those pictures were up in the back of her house, like in the living room. And I was just like, I just love the little details in this show. Like, if you really are like, a true fan of the show, like, you you see the thread throughout the whole entire show, which I think is so dope, but in any event, we're at Tiffany's house, it's Halloween, we skip a month ahead, which seems to be a trend that's happening with each episode, because last week, we were four months before the block party, now we're three months before the block party, so I feel like, I don't know if every episode is going to be a month jump, but we're really moving fast in this story, which, from a developmental point, I think it's smart now the reason why i think that's smart is because for us watching in the real world um which is i guess everybody because nobody's watching it in the fake world (laughs) but for all of us that are watching i think we're taking this show kind of week by week which most people do like you know a week has passed so we're thinking seven days in the show's world but clearly that's not how insecure works as we see from where season four picked up with it only being a month after season three ended so i do like that they're uh kind of trying they're kind of time traveling because I feel like to authentically tell all of the mess that's going to happen, specifically this, you know, um, falling apart of Molly and Issa, which it seems like we're getting to, you can't do that in 10 weeks. Like, you know, two months is not enough for, like, a friendship to really, really fall apart. But if we're time traveling, like, well, that's not true. Two months is enough time for a friendship to fall apart. But I, so what I say is, or what I'm trying to say is, is that I feel like if we're going to do this one month jump every episode, then we'll be able to get to the meat and potatoes of the mess of their friendship or the, the cracks in their friendship a lot quicker. So we're we're time traveling. So we skipped a month ahead. Um, Molly and Issa are at the kitchen table, you know, making some snacks. And it's clear that they have not spoken. They have made it very obvious. But there's no bad blood here. It doesn't seem like it yet. It's just like these two have been busy. They have not been communicating like that. It is what it is. Now, I think from Molly and Issa's friendship, this is a little bit much because these two talk all the times. We've seen Molly call Issa at work for less and vice versa. Like these two are always in communication with each other. So the fact that they've gone a month or something close to it and have not really spoken to each other is a major red flag in that friendship. But they say they're going to talk. They're going to do a self-care Sunday. They work it out, and it is what it is. Now, before we move on to the scene after this, I want to give some motherfucking flowers to Natasha Rothwell, who plays Kelly on the show. We have said this time and time again. One of the most talked about episodes of Insecure is the Coachella episode where Kelly 
gets tased and she pees on herself and she asks the girls to remember her different. And from that, not from that line right there, but that was just one of the many, many amazing punchlines we got from Natasha Rothwell on Insecure. So when Kelly leaned over to Molly and said, I want a mime with a big dick, I got to find a circuit. <laughs> Yo, like the delivery and like Natasha's delivery is just so spot on. Like, and I, I, as we've learned throughout, you know, the history of the show that a lot of Natasha's stuff is ad-libbed, but even the stuff that's written for her, like she's just a home runner. Like if you give her a joke, she knocks it out of the park. Like, I don't know where Natasha Rothwell's Emmy nomination is at, but she needs one for like best supporting actress in a comedic something or something or something or something because it's just so good. But yes, shout out to Natasha Rothwell. She deserves her flowers. Sorry, I'm on a tangent. <laughs> so back to Molly being too pushy. I say all that to say we're beginning to see the cracks in this friendship between Molly and Issa. We saw it a little bit last week, and I feel like this week the tone has not changed at all. It's definitely not gotten any better. It's, in my mind, I think it's gotten a little bit worse. But we'll get back to them in a little bit. Let's talk about Molly and Andrew. So I feel like Molly and Andrew are at a very interesting place right now. They want to date a little bit early in the episode. Uh, fast forward, they have another date night after the Halloween scene. So in that scene with the girls, Molly pretty much says that she's going to take it slow with Andrew. And what that means, at least in my mind, is that they're not going to be having sex anymore. Because one thing I will say about this show is that Molly has never shied away from a sexual encounter. Like, n neither one of the girls between Issa and Molly really shy away from the idea of sex and it being, like, taboo. Like, they're they're fine with fucking. Like, the the pussy might be on pause, but they're fine with fucking. <laughs> so we see the, the following scene. Andrew comes over to Molly's house for a date night. Molly's cooking, trying to give him high blood pressure, and, you know, just trying to be domestic, you know, trying to really take it slow and really, you know, I think invest in these feelings properly for this guy, which I appreciate. However, they get to a conversation where they're sharing old pictures, which in my mind is like a very special part of a relationship. Like once you start like sharing childhood photos with people and things of that nature, I think you have reached another level of like, oh, we really are like kicking it together. Like we might not be like a couple couple yet, but we're getting really, really close. So uh, in that conversation, um, Andrew brings up um, some part of California he used to live in. I forget which part, but wherever he used to live at, it was fairly close to Disneyland. So Molly asked him, oh, so you probably went to Disneyland all the time. And somehow in that conversation, Andrew's sister came up. And it was clear that it was something that Andrew did not want to talk about. But again, Molly's been in therapy. Molly thinks she's grown so much. Molly's so, you know, we want Molly to use her words. Well, Molly has used those words and it was not for the good. So she's like, so like what happened to her? You know, he's like, I really don't want to talk about it. And Molly, as always was a little too pushy and a little too persistent and she kind of checks him on like i feel like everything we do is like jokey jokey ha 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 like we only try to have fun together but you don't let me in any deeper and i'm like molly y'all are not that deep yet like i feel like molly thinks this is the right approach because i feel like she thinks if she's more you know passionate or more like you know invested in conversation if she pushes some more that she can get more out of it but it's like girl like this is this this man's sister. Like, you don't know what this relationship is. You don't know what the dynamic is. Like, it could be literally anything. Like, family drama is some of the worst drama. <laughs> like, you don't push that hard. So I have to give a half a point to Molly. I think she had the right intentions 
but the wrong execution, which, again, a common theme of this show. <laughs> like, I think she really wanted to, um, you know, do the more adult thing and, like, really, like, you know, like, no, come on, let's unpack this. Like, let's figure out what the problem is. But I don't think this was the right time or Molly's the right person to do that with. Like, I feel like sometimes sibling thing and family thing is so, like, you know, intimate that you don't need somebody that you've been dating for three months to be trying to play Iyanla in your life. Like, it's just too much. So, Molly is being, I think, a little bit too pushy. I think the more we go on, the more we're going to see this backfire. But just, like, I just need Molly to chill. And I just don't know how to get her to do it, but, like, Molly needs to chill. And clearly it's not going to happen anytime soon because now we're at the point where there's clearly a huge issue between Molly and Issa. I think Molly very obviously knows that there's an issue and Issa does not. And I feel like this is officially the beginning of the end because this is the issue between the two. So right up this episode and right on Insecure, uh, shout out to Amy Aniobi. She has been on like a... She's been on every season of Insecure, actually. But if you remember the episode where Lawrence went to Tasha's family's barbecue and the girl was twerking with the flute, that's Amy Aniobi. So if you keep up, she's been in a couple different episodes of Insecure with her flute. She was the girl on the cliff or on the hike this episode. But in any event, um, the writer Amy says, we see that very obviously... Issa and Molly are in two different headspaces. We see Molly is really focused and, you know, headstrong on going into this dating with Andrew and she's trying to make it work and she's really, like, not having as much sex with him as she was before. Like, she's really trying to make this a real relationship. And then we see on the opposite side of the spectrum, Issa is in a completely different headspace. She is worried about fucking and TSA Bay, and, you know, really still having a good time with, you know, I don't know if it's a full rotation anymore, but, you know, her whole uh, situation. <laughs> so I think even just from that little, little distinction between their two plot lines, it's clear they're in a very different headspace. Molly and Issa finally link up. They're at this restaurant. The shot opens up with Issa and Condola sitting at the table. Immediately, you can feel the tension within the room. Molly walks in. They have that awkward-ass group hug, which was just so greatly uh, choreographed because it was just weird. It was just weird. The fact that all three of them hugged at the same time, it was just so overbearing, maybe? Like, I'm not even sure of the right word, but it was very, very weird to see that interaction. But Molly was so stank, and rightfully so. And I think this is the beginning of the problem between the two of them. I feel like I've said the beginning of the problem between the two of them so many times this episode. But I do feel like this is truly, truly, like, you know, where we click, 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 click to the top of the roller coaster. And then now we're all going downhill from here. Like, we, we've reached the peak already in my mind. So, Molly was stank, but rightfully so. Because if I have not spoken to you in let's say over a month or about a month, and once we finally get time to link up together, you bring your other friend, that's not cool. Like, and I said this last week, like, even if me and your friend are thick as thieves, even if we're super, super close, like, sometimes you just need one-on-one -on -one time with a person without the influence of other people. So, like, even if, and again, I've, I've done this before with friends. Like, let's say if I meet up with somebody at 2 o'clock, I might meet up with them at 2 and then at like 4.30, I might text my other friend and be like, oh, pull up, we're at blah, blah, blah. But I've already given this friend that I maybe have not seen like 
two and a half good hours of conversation, catching up, talking, laughing, whatever that, uh, whatever that, you know, whatever it may be. So I feel like to have Condola be at this, you know, little luncheon with Molly and Issa was just bad, 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 bad decision. And Molly makes no secret about it. And I can't even, I can't even fault her for it. I do have to say though, if I was Condola, I definitely would have left. Like, I am someone that never likes to seem invasive. So like, if I know you and like your good, good Judy about to hang out, like, I'm pretty sure Condola has Condola has met Molly before, at least two or three times, thanks to the baby shower and then you know the the mixer that Issa had last week. So like, if I know this is like your ace boon, I'm just gonna cut out. Like, girl, I'll I'll go to the drive through at In and Out. Like, I'll get some Five Guys. Like, I don't even need. I don't have to sit here and really break bread. Like, I'll go eat and then I'll go on my way. So, Condola definitely should have left. But again, this is mainly Issa's fault because Issa is not realizing there's a problem where there's a problem. Because I feel like if you you should know your friend well enough to know, damn, I have not seen her. If I let Condola sit with us, Molly gonna be mad as fuck. And clearly, Molly was mad as fuck. I want to give a big shout out to the writers because I feel like they're going about this a very responsible way because clearly there's an issue between Molly and Issa. They have not discussed it yet, but we're very obviously about to get to that place. What I love about the damn demise just found sounds like such a dramatic word, but like I feel like the demise of this friendship is very interesting because I feel like they could have went a different a couple of different ways about this, and I like that they weren't lazy with this storyline because it's really not that Molly and Issa are fighting; it's that they're growing apart, and I think that's even more difficult sometimes. Like um, Crystal tweeted this a while ago, but she said um, the the worst the worst breakups are when neither one of you did anything wrong and this is the same thing in that concept like it would be very easy to understand molly and Issa not getting along anymore if like you know molly slept with like lawrence or if like you know Issa stole money from her or you know if it was something like really really trifling which again is such a honestly i think a cheap approach like i think it's so it's such a, a obviously manufactured way to produce drama. Um, so I like that they didn't go with anything of, you know, like overly ridiculous. I like that it was very simplified and just like, they're not fighting. They don't have beef. You know, one didn't like, you know, take something from the other. It's legit. We're just growing apart, which I think is again, very hurtful to watch, but it's also very refreshing because it doesn't have to be mess and drama. It could just be, we're not we're not 24 anymore like we're we're in two different headspaces we're two different people and i think we're growing in two very different directions in life so that's what that is so fast forward after the lunch scene we see after the lunch scene we see isa and molly on their hike together they're still doing their self-care sunday situation and isa drops a very very heavy line on molly and i think this this hurt this hurt molly a lot so Issa says to molly aren't you tired because i'm tired for you now this if you've seen the episode which hopefully you have you know this is in you know a connection to all of the things that are happening with molly and andrew and all of the mess and you know all of that that went down but i think the aren't you tired because i'm tired for you really 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 hurt molly's feelings because i feel like molly thinks she's trying to do a really good job and to have someone kind of shit on that, best friend or not, is very, it's hurtful. Like, it, it hurts a lot. And I think we could really see it on Molly's face that 
she's been trying to do a good job, no matter how much of a good job it might not be. She's trying to. And I think that's what Molly's headspace is at. Like, I think because she knows that she's trying to do the best thing, um, it's a little disappointing that it's not, but it's also more disappointing that your friend doesn't realize that you're trying to do the right thing. But in true Issa fashion, Issa joked it off. But you can tell, again, like I said, Molly was really, really hurt. So Molly gets this phone call from Andrew. They kind of patch things up. They both apologize for, like, you know, not being open up, not being open enough, other for being a little bit too pushy. Cool. We settle it. I think they make plans to link at a later date, which is great. Once she gets off the phone call, Issa's like, you know, who was that? And Molly said, oh, nothing, just some work stuff. And I feel like now shit is really about to start hitting the fan. Once you start holding it back, that means you can't share things with your friend. And I feel like if you can't share stuff with your best friend, then y'all need to really stop, collaborate, and listen. Like, y'all really need to figure it out what the problem is. But as we see, Molly is already holding back information. And I feel like this is going to become gradually more and more and more as the weeks go on, even as we saw... At Tiffany's house for the Halloween episode, Molly or Issa did not even know that Molly and Andrew had had sex already. So I think even from this standpoint, like we're seeing more and more cracks in the foundation. And it's only a matter of time before this house falls to shards. This house of glass is about to be broken, y'all. And the scariest part of all of this and the dynamic of friendships is that Issa is missing every single beat. Like Issa does not have a clue that her and Molly are not on good terms. And I feel like that is truly going to push Molly over the edge because we've seen it, like we saw it in this episode, like Molly tried to call Issa after the whole thing with her and Andrew at her house, but Issa was at the concert. They've been doing this weird phone tag thing and I feel like all of this is about to blow up in their respective faces. And that's where we leave off for episode two, season four of Insecure. So, how does Molly bring this up to talk to Issa? I don't really know because it's clear that Issa, again, doesn't realize that there's even an issue in the first place. She's so oblivious to everything that's going on and it's not going to work out well. So next week, um, we see that Issa and her brother are going out to lunch together, which love them all. Cannot wait to see more of him. But, and again, I think this is really like how you keep up with like the the mystery of the show or the mystery of this demise in their friendship anytime i view anything on tv i have to realize that everything we're seeing is happening for a reason for the most part especially like writing and stuff and in this clip for next week's episode we see Issa and amal at this restaurant and they're about to eat but there's like an hour wait and amal is like is that cool and Issa's like oh yeah i'm supposed to meet up with molly but like you know i'll tell her i'll be late or whatever and again, even something as simple as that is going to be another crack in the foundation of their friendship. Because again, it already seems like Molly is feeling like Issa's not valuing her time or their friendship or their connection like they used to. So I feel like even Issa being so nonchalant, like, oh, I'll be an hour late, but oh, girl, she'll be fine. I feel like that's something that's really going to piss Molly off. And I feel like this is going to some, this is going to be something that is not going to end well. Like, I don't know if this is going to be the final straw that breaks the camel's back, but I feel like it's going to be, it's going to hold some weight. It's definitely going to hold some weight. So really looking forward to see how that plays out. And then last but not least, I feel like this was not even confirmed, but 
season five of Insecure is happening. <laughs> like, I don't think there was a press release. I remember them announcing that season four was like renewed or was like got picked up, but I haven't heard any word about season five, like officially, but apparently it's happening. Issa was on, um, uh, not Tiffany, what's this child's real name? Amanda Seals. She was on Amanda Seals podcast last week and they have not started the writer's room for season five yet, but season five is well underway. So, um, I personally think, I think season five will be the last season. Now, don't tell anybody, but I really think season five is going to be the last season. You didn't hear that from me. I'm just, I'm just, I don't know. I'm, I don't know. I don't know. I just think, I feel like there's a nice bow coming up at the end of season five. I feel like that will be the final, the final season in my mind. I've, I've always felt that way. I don't know why. Something about five just feels like a nice round number. It's not round, but you know, like a nice, like solid, like five, 10, like those like nice solid numbers. But I do know that HBO does not like a show to run on forever. Like HBO will pull the show real fast. They'll be like, we did what we needed to do. It was three and a half episodes. It was great. People loved it. Let's move on. So I have a feeling next season will be the last season of Insecure, which makes me a little sad, but you know, all good things must come to an end. But that is not confirmed. That is just my little speculation. This show could go on for another 30 years. Who truly knows? But that's where we leave off for season four, episode two of Insecure, all right? So, of course, as always, you can hit me up on Twitter at HeGotYall. I'm always tweeting about Insecure. If you would like to tweet along with me, make sure you're on Twitter Sunday nights at 10 o'clock, all right? So, that wraps up this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening. We will do this again next Monday. Make sure you watch Insecure every Sunday at 10 p.m. only on HBO. All right, beautiful people. Bye. This podcast is in no way affiliated with HBO or NC.